Hello, and welcome to How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. I'm your host, Megan Thompson, licensed clinical professional counselor and registered play therapist supervisor. We at MTC teach parents how to eliminate the daily meltdown and shutdown cycle for your sensitive children and teens. Highly sensitive children make up 15 to 20% of the population, according to research that has been gathered for over a century. And this podcast answers one question. How can you raise emotionally intelligent children? Stop walking on eggshells and help your child express their needs safely without punishments, yelling, or coddling. If you want to know the answer, you're in the right place. Hi, everybody. I am Megan Thompson with Megan Thompson Coaching, and I'm here today to talk about the sensory processing sensitivity personality trait, otherwise known as being a highly sensitive person or highly sensitive child, and you ask questions related to whether or not this trait fits your child. So the purpose of of today is to really help you understand the difference between what Elaine Aaron demonstrates on her research-backed parent self-report. There's 26 questions if you've read her book. Um, There's 23 questions on her questionnaire on her website. But what I really want to do is help you understand that the personality trait is a spectrum. And so what that means is that some children who might not hit the threshold of 13 that she advocates for and says, you know, it's definitive that your child fits the personality trait, all of the research and, and you know, all, all of us professionals and experts in this field know and, and are certain that because the personality trait is on a spectrum what we know is that some children might not fit the, the threshold of 13, but because they feel the and demonstrate these certain particular parts of the trait very intensely, they still fit the personality trait. So what does that mean? When we're understanding and recognizing that sensory processing sensitivity, which is what this personality trait is named in the research, it was coined by Dr. Elaine Aaron, in the 90s, for sensory processing sensitivity, it is a personality trait. So that might mean being particularly detail-oriented for a person in their personality, or being introverted. You can be introverted in some experiences, you can be very introverted, or you can be anxiously introverted, which then leads to a mental health disorder, right? You can be extroverted as well, an introversion, extroversion, and having the sensory processing sensitivity trait are all three different things, okay? So I want you guys to understand this. In certain circumstances, some of your personality might show up more intensely than in other circumstances and in other environments. If, for example, you generally say that you're an introvert, then it's likely that part of your personality is going to be very prevalent in parties, you know, when you're not with your close-knit family. Or even if you, you are, you know, you might need some time, bring a book, go hightail it to the couch for a little bit until you rejoin your loved ones. Now, same thing, an extrovert doesn't mean they're never shy or never uh, wanting time for themselves. So just start to notice that, that the personality trait of being highly sensitive is not pervasive in all areas of a child's life in terms of really nitpicking the 26 questions on the questionnaire. Um, Elaine Aaron, obviously, because she's a researcher, she had to determine 
what are the very clear and particular parts of the personality that is more often than not found in all highly sensitive people. So for parents who are really trying to figure this out, whether or not it fits their child, the questionnaire gives you a semblance of understanding that there's 26 points for those of you who are analytical or research-based or in the helping field and so you've read research studies before, this will probably make sense to you. You know, there's 26 points where we can measure that this personality shows up in, in a child's life. And so when we think about that and then you compare it to your child's environment and your child's experiences in life, then that's where the nuances come into play. And that's where working with an expert or understanding and speaking to or listening to an expert really helps you get clear. Because if you're just looking at the 26 question quiz in the book, or you're just looking at it from her website online, then you're really going to be missing and understanding lots of key distinctions here, lots of key distinctions here as to why your child fits the personality trait. And obviously, then if you're certain that that's the case, then if you keep following me, you'll know what to do to fix it. And when your child is having daily meltdowns or when your child is having really significant emotional irritability and outbursts on a regular basis or intense shutting down or ignoring uh, what you need in terms of their behaviors. When we think about the fact that your child's personality trait is just that, there's nothing broken with your child. What's usually important for us to be aware of is that the parenting style that you're using is what's setting your child down this path of really struggling to manage their behavior. Now, with that said, we have to operate from the understanding that there's no blame here, okay? It's just a misunderstanding, oftentimes a mismatch in parenting, or just not really knowing what works because we're not taught parenting anywhere ever aside from how we were parented ourselves and whether or not we align with that and in, in you know the way that we were raised and so for people who don't study this for a living and who teach it and help it's very difficult to muddy your way through especially when you have a child with significant emotional needs who doesn't have a developmental disability like being on the spectrum or a clear diagnosis of ADHD etc we know where there's pointed mental health resources out there that you know, we can argue till the sun goes down whether or not those services are, are helpful depending on where you are in the nation. So let's get into it in terms of really clearly understanding the sensory processing sensitivity and whether or not your child is truly highly sensitive and how it fits. I want us to focus on the four components of the personality trait. And this is really how I help parents who don't know whether or not this fits their child. I really help parents identify the this is how we figure it out. We looked to the research questionnaire for a ballpark, but it's not definitive in my book in terms of what helps you understand whether or not your child fits this personality trait. So the first piece is the depth of processing. Now, when we think about understanding this for children, what we know is that children who are thinking about things deeply, who are un trying to understand the world on a deep level, depth of processing, processing it deeply, what we have to understand is that their emotional experience and their thought process experience is very thorough. What does that look like? We have to look at all ages to understand. If your child is three or four, it looks like asking all of the why questions and all of the what questions, but some key distinctions here. When your child is younger, the way that they're asking the questions follows a succession and the, the way that they're asking those questions surprise you in terms of how bright they are or how thorough their questions are. So let's give you an example. A three-year-old or a four-year-old might say, 
Why is the sky blue? Well, because it reflects across the ocean. Well, why is the ocean blue? Well, because the light refracting from the sun into the depths of the ocean makes it turn blue along with the algae. And then, you know, it, it reflects back out into the atmosphere and the atmosphere demonstrates the sky, which is then blue. Now, you might not be that particular with your answer to your, to your three-year-old, but your three or four-year-old who's highly sensitive and processes things deeply is probably going to be asking you questions that might very well get you there to that level of depth. Okay, you guys understand that? They're not going to settle with like, oh, it reflects off the ocean. They're going to wonder why or what parts of the ocean or what makes the ocean blue. And a typical three-year-old might settle after two to three questions and then say, oh, okay, and then move on to another's topic or focus more on what's going on for them in that moment. A child who's highly sensitive is going to keep continuing to go. Now, other stories in, in terms of examples of families that I've worked with four-year-old might really get quite stuck when you think about depth of processing if you take the wrong way home. So say you take a different way or there's a detour sign, they miss the detour sign when you're moving and they get very stuck and that leads to a meltdown because they are very detail-oriented and so then they understand the in terms of the processing, we do this first and then we do this second and then we do this third and then if that doesn't happen, then fire kaboom in my brain and there's no way we're going home and I don't understand it and what's going on and where are you taking me and I want to go play with my toys when we get home and we're going to be home later. So no matter what you say to them about the fact that you're just taking a different way, it is in one ear out the other completely out of control. And so it's maddening to you because this can oftentimes be misconstrued as rigidity from a perspective of thinking that your child has a neurological disorder because this looks like a kiddo who's struggling, who may or may not fit the criteria for autism spectrum disorder. So you have to look at that and understand that sensory processing sensitivity has four components. And so the rigidity that we see in the depth of processing in children is just one component of the personality trait. And so if you have a uh, professional that you're working with or other parents or other well-meaning teachers, for example, who are saying, mm, you know, your kid was having meltdowns, it must mean that they're autistic beyond age four. It's very, very important for you to get clear on the four components of the trait and how your child fits them so you can advocate appropriately or seek professional advice that actually fits your kid. Because there's a ton of information out there, guys, and it's really important for you to know what you're talking about and for you to follow somebody who knows what they're talking about. Because you can get trapped in, in a ton of whirlpools, you know, and use another metaphor, just quicksand in terms of those Google rabbit holes you can follow down. Another example of the depth of processing is for children who really struggle to follow through on open-ended questions. So this is more typical for children who are older because they are stuck in trying to answer a, for example, this or that question when it could be both. And so this might be an essay, this might be a, a math problem, or, you know, choose your own adventure book. And the kiddo is like, what did you just do to me? So what we're really trying to do is help you understand that your highly sensitive child is going to consider many, many options. And 
in the step-by-step -step solution that they're trying to create. And so what that means is that they're going to get stuck and that's going to be anxiety producing for them. Somebody who might not observe this in your child might just slap an anxiety disorder on them and say, hey, your kid's anxious. They can't make their own decisions. They must really suffer from a mental health disorder like generalized anxiety disorder or social phobia if they're stuck trying to figure out how to introduce themselves in a social event or they're refusing to go to school because they don't feel like they can answer all the questions at school and therefore have a particular phobia related to school or dealing with school refusal. So what's important to be aware of guys is that your child's tendency to really look at a deeper level of understanding and trying to follow through on multiple steps to get to their end result, a highly sensitive child is going to see how A leads to Z. A child who is struggling with this and can't follow multiple step directions is probably going to have a gap in between their performance and their ability. So they might be able to tie their shoes but not be able to remember that their shoes are over there and go find them and put them on and then go out the door, that's what we look at as an executive functioning issue, and that's ADHD. So we think about a kid who has a lot of things to consider in their brain. That is a very different thing than a kiddo who is distracted by lots of things that are irrelevant in their brain, okay? So this is how depth of processing can be misdiagnosed as ADHD. If a child is trapped in their own mind around where to act and what to do, sorry, my dog is seemingly very itchy right now. What we can understand is that someone who doesn't understand the high sensitivity trait, that sensory processing sensitivity, is going to look at it just as if your child is distractible. And that's going to really set you up for quite a long road of trying to teach your child the step-by-step -step directions or follow through on how to complete their task when they very well know what makes those things happen. And so that might mean they're gonna balk at you, they're going to get frustrated, they're gonna say, I know what works. This leads to more meltdowns, right? So very, very clear, very, very important to understand where your child is struggling. Now again, sensory processing sensitivity as a personality trait does not mean that your child might not fit the criteria for ADHD because ADHD is a gap between your child's ability and performance. And what that means is that there's a neurological disconnect in the brain's development. It's a developmental disorder. We know 40% of people who are diagnosed with ADHD in childhood no longer have it as adults. So that means that their brain caught up with it, especially if parents know how to structurally scaffold them to build the skills that they're lacking. But just by nature of the, the name of the, the diagnosis, attention deficit, hyperactivity disorder, there's a gap, a deficit, and skill. Now, your highly sensitive child who has struggled and unable to follow through and getting stuck doesn't mean that they're necessarily distractible. It could very well mean that they're just taking a very long time to process the information, very long time, according to us non-highly sensitive people. And so what that means is that we think that they're they're not paying attention, when in reality, they're paying attention on a deeper level. So that's important for you to be aware of. The next thing that we need to do is look at the second component, second part of the personality trait. This is easily overstimulated, okay? That's the O in the DOES acronym that Elaine Aaron developed. Easily overstimulated, this is what you guys see as the meltdowns, okay? This is pretty easy to pinpoint. With that said, 
there's lots of nuances that a lot of professionals are not picking up on, especially if they know nothing about the trait. When you're easily overstimulated, you know this as the tag's too itchy and I'm going to flip out, okay? They're in the middle of a crowd and they can't handle it and, and they have a meltdown. What's important to be clear on is that your child could be easily overstimulated for a number of different experiences and then later they have a meltdown. And so it's important for you to be aware that what you see in front of your face is not always what's driving your child's behavior. And so somebody who's very clear about this and can help you walk you through that process of getting an understanding of what's really driving your child's behavior is going to be very important to you because if you're just looking at cause and effect within the last hour, half an hour, you're going to be missing the mark. And this is a big mistake I see lots of parents make. And, and again, lots of professionals who are dealing with managing this with parents as well. So the next thing that we need to be aware of is the emotional reactivity and empathy that we see in highly sensitive people. So for children, and, and parents will say as young as you know birth, early childhood, that their child could identify the emotions in somebody else or be bothered by the emotions in somebody else. So that's the more obvious level of empathy. With that said, we have lots of children who are either extroverted or more closed off in their level of empathetic understanding because it's so overwhelming to them. That's the O, easily overstimulated. So if they're easily overstimulated by somebody else's emotions, over time they're gonna to learn to tune it out. And so for those of you who have extroverted children who feel like your kid could give two S's about what other people think or what other people feel or whether or not their actions impact others, it's really important for you to get clear that that doesn't mean that your child's not empathetic. Empathy is innate and taught. What's important to be clear and be aware of is that your child has the capacity, all children have the capacity to be empathetic. And then the environment teaches a child how to use that skill and whether or not that skill is useful for them, harmful for them, or detrimental. If your child is highly sensitive and they're easily overstimulated by their empathy, their own experiences of empathy, then they're gonna to learn to turn that off. Now, when I mean turn by that off, I mean stuff it, like a volcano. And so what happens is you looking at your four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10-year-old coming to me or sharing in, in the group, you say things like, my kid is not empathetic. Like, this part of the personality does not fit my kid. But this is why these two things are tied together, emotionally reactive and empathetic. If your kid's having a meltdown, it means they're emotionally reactive. If they're having outbursts or episodes or irritability on a daily basis, that means that your child is emotionally reactive. And so their level of empathy and whether or not that's present in your ability to observe it is not a marker of whether or not your child is highly sensitive. Because as we just spoke, empathy can be hidden. So purposefully or just by nature of living in an invalidating environment. The invalidating environment doesn't necessarily mean that you're doing any of this on purpose. What we know to be true, and research has been going on since the 60s in terms of highly sensitive people, though the term was coined in the 90s, 
the high sensitivity and the innate trait of sensitivity has been researched since the 60s and started by Marsha Linehan, who developed the therapy for highly sensitive people who really struggled to manage their big behaviors so much so that they actually did not succeed in therapy. When Marsha Linehan developed her specific treatment, what she found, and over the years, and, and what we know to be true, those of us who have studied her work, and learned how to use what she teaches in as a therapist is that it's very important not to blame anyone to get clear on what can be solved. With that said, we know that an environment in the home that's invalidating to a highly sensitive child is the clear mismatch of why and, and causal relationship of why a child does not fare well in their emotional experience and their ability to regulate their own emotions and their ability to feel successful in the world by understanding that our current society's view of success is not just academic success or professional success, but a clear confidence in one's ability to solve their own problems. That's my definition of success when I talk about parents who want their children to be successful. So solving your own problems in relationships, solving your own problems in your career, solving your own problems in your schooling, solving your own problems in understanding that you can independently ask for help and assert yourself without feeling like you need to be a doormat to make other people happy. That's my view of success. When we understand that and recognize that emotional reactivity and empathy can be intensified and decreased in terms of the latter based on how a child is raised, this is how we lend the understanding of seeing some adults who are not able to consider other people's needs when they are very, very upset. When that happens over time, and what we know and what you've observed, that there's some people who get really stuck and then they can get emotionally explosive and they might not uh, be able to manage that in their workplace. And so we see that as a trend in highly sensitive people as well who really struggle. And, and so that might mean at the worst case, highly sensitive children who aren't able to hold down a job because of that. What we know next is the last part of the personality trait. And this is the sensitive to the subtle. Okay, so this is the combination of easily overstimulated and sensitive to the subtle is the tag meltdown. Okay, you know, tags on the back of the shirt that I was speaking about earlier. But what is very important for you to be aware of, and I've, I've spoken about this before, but I want to get very clear is that your child can notice whether or not you are emotionally present or whether or not you are feeling certain that what you're doing to parent them is going to actually lead to an effective result. And so they're picking up on that. So this is that part of the, the trait where you feel like your kiddo is reading your mind or is skeptical of you and <laughs> very well feels like it, it, it is cyclical for you in terms of reading your own ability to stay confident. My kid doesn't even believe that I know what I'm doing and shit, I don't know what I'm doing. So that cyclical experience is due to your child's ability to sense your subtle inhibition in feeling certain in parenting your child. And so what happens there is you end up perpetuating just by nature, both of you, you know, your child and you, by nature of the relationship, it ends up still being, you know, two ships passing or two people on completely different planes wanting to get to the same result, but just not getting there. So when we think about that and what that does for a family and for children, 
raised in that family, what we understand is that this can lead to a lot of invalidation. Don't worry, you don't, you know, I, I don't see that that's that big of a deal. What are you bothered by? It's just a tag. If we're going to get to the sensory piece, then, you know, five senses. But it's really important to be aware of, as I mentioned before, it's not just my kid doesn't like shoes or seams in their socks. I, you know, I can countless meltdowns my sister used to have when she was little related to seams in her socks. It's got nothing to do with that in the sense that if you're going to really truly solve this problem and raise your child in a way that they can manage how sensitive they are to different subtleties, subtle parts of their environment, it's got nothing to do with whether or not you turn the socks inside out or, or stop buying those kinds of socks. It's got nothing to do with whether or not you find a strategy that teaches your child to calm themselves down when they're wearing a, a tutu for their ballet class and it brushes on their wrists and they can't manage it. You know, putting on a long leotard and asking the teacher if that's okay rather than the sleeveless one that everybody else is wearing. Guys, what we're really doing here is understanding that your child's going to notice those small details in life and you can chase your tail over and over again trying to figure out what little detail is going to bother them next or you can figure out what actually works and learn how to teach your child to manage surprises for themselves and disappointments. What happens when you do that? that's when your child feels fully capable. That's when your child feels fully confident. That's when your child is able to roll with the punches just like you are because the sensitivity to the subtlety no longer creates an explosive reaction in your child. And instead, it is just consistent evidence that they can solve their own problems because they've got this. It's their confidence, it's their certainty, it's your confidence, it's your certainty. And then that relationship operates together rather than you trying to solve their problems and catch up on them or them trying to feel like they need to yell or scream louder for you to hear how intense it is. Because whether or not that's a choice, uh, depending on the situation, or it's a behavior that's developed over time, as we know that the invalidating environment at home creates for highly sensitive children, what happens next is that when you don't dial this in and you don't observe your kiddo is really struggling, we know in the research and my experience, this leads to your child developing significant behavior patterns like daily meltdowns, like emotional explosiveness multiple times a day, constant, consistent irritability, and when that happens, you can't buy a different leotard to solve that or shop at specific stores to think that that's really going to be it. Your child has developed a way of being that is incongruent with how you want them to learn how to manage their goals. And so you have to understand the whole part of the trait and, and recognize that that kiddos who are extroverted, who also fit this trait, don't need to be disregarded as necessarily emotionally devoid of empathy because they aren't connecting with you and feeling sad when you're feeling sad, or should I say experiencing um, sadness while you're sad, wanting to make it better. It doesn't mean that your child's not empathetic. We really dove deeply on the four parts of the personality trait and understanding the research behind it, the clear indication of the mental health treatment that's mismatched with understanding this personality trait, also some of the flaws and how that's 
set parents up for really struggling with a clear answer, as well as understanding that your child very well may meet the criteria for a mental health disorder, but there's a solution out there for your child in terms of eliminating these daily meltdowns and strategically shifting out of this emotional intensity in your home that's creating stress for everyone. Thanks for joining me for this episode of How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. We release a brand new episode every week, so be sure to click subscribe. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in hearing more about how to eliminate the meltdown cycle, I invite you to check out our free masterclass where we cover the five steps our clients use to eliminate the daily meltdowns. You can register for the next training at meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash five steps. That's the number five S-T-E-P-S meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash five steps. Have a great day.